Before we get started, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey Gabe, what's your house? I'm Vengeance. Hmm, Team Jacob or Team Edward? I'm Vengeance. Once again, here we are. Back from the future. Or should I say the past? Now, obviously, we've already seen the Batman. And we thoroughly enjoyed it, as you can tell from last week's episode. Now, at the time that this episode was recorded, we hadn't seen the Batman. And there's a bit you'll notice that seems out of place. Or out of time. And now you know why. Also, once again, we are asking for your support. Just as how... Millions of people supported the war of Edward, Team Edward versus Team Jacob. Now, are we going to be your Edward or Jacob? That's for you to decide. And it doesn't really matter as long as you send us money. We love you. Okay, bye. Welcome back to another episode of Searching for MacGuffin. With your hosts, George, Gabe, Link, and Liani. Yeah, that was the part where you said your name. Liani. She she did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know, but she paused. I'm sorry. Continue, Link. Yes. For those of you who don't know, Liani is our social media. No, that's not right. <laughs> no, that's, she's definitely not our social media. She's our social media di- manager. Yeah, manager. Director. Yeah. We went over president. what her title was, but you still somehow. Yeah. Or in general, our social media. Okay. Welcome to the show, Leani. Yes. Thank you. Thanks All for having me. All those cool posts you see on Instagram, that's Leani. What's Instagram? To social media. It's Liani. <laughs> <laughs> so you might be wondering why we have a fourth voice on our episode this weekend. It's because we have a very special topic to discuss. At least one that is special in the heart and mind of our social media manager, Liani. So go ahead, take it away. Today we're going to talk about why dystopia. Ooh. Young adult dystopia. Young, Young adult, adult dystopia. It was a movie, right? Starring Charlie Theron. It's called Young Adult. And Patton Oswald, right? Yeah, but she was a full adult in that movie. Is that a dystopian? <laughs> you lost me. Oh, oh you know which oh, one you're talking about? Oh, it's called Young Adult. I think she's a young adult writer mm. in the movie. Mm. It's good. So it is dystopian. Like a <laughs> starving artist. No, That's she's not- very <laughs> successful. What? She's actually successful. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought she was in a motel. I don't know. She made another movie called Tully. I can't. I was gonna mix up. I don't know what happened. I think it was good. It was weird. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> so I think we should start by discussing what YA means. What? How to define it? Basically. Yeah, because I, I don't know what it means. Okay, that's a lie. I, I kind of. I kind of know what it. You're means. Uh, you don't know what it means. 
you're you're a literature teacher. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it is. Yeah. You're a. I haven't taught middle school for a while, and now all my eighth grade students who do not listen to this show uh, are getting upset. But I haven't. I started as primarily a middle school, and I taught a lot of YA. In fact, I studied it in college. I read a lot of YA novels in college, um, but not necessarily this genre. So this is like a really specific genre, but it's been a while, and I'm trying to like get back into it. I think last week I I recommended a YA novel again, not a dystopia, but oh no, we don't know when this episode is airing. <laughs> time travel. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting our suits and we're traveling in time. Several weeks ago, in the past, continue. Well, I um, what you mentioned is fair, like that you used to teach, uh, like middle school, middle grade. Mm-hmm. Um, YA. I feel like people think it means that. The audience that it's supposed to reach is supposed to be young adult, but it's actually the characters in the book are usually between like 15 and 18, 19 Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I thought it was for young people. I no. read that like like almost half the audiences are adults, right? Yeah. I think it's yeah, increasingly becoming more and more popular as the years progress with older audiences. I think traditionally they were always viewed as a younger audience because... Kids tend to associate with kids. So right. if you write a story for kids, mostly kids will watch it. But I think we've seen in like in genre films too and like science fi- sci-fi like Stranger Things, Super 8, or even us kids who grew up with our like our Goonies and our, you know, movies like that, mm-hmm. the Gremlins. You grow up and you like still like that stuff. So you still you'll still read or watch characters like that even though you've already like developed past those uh, stages in your life. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because in anime, I think most of the characters I w- are young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is anime YA? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I think it can be. Oh, I think a lot manga? of it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're redefining literature as we speak. Ah. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we, I, I, I mean, that's not what I, I don't redefine literature, but I guess that's what we do now. So. So, yeah. Young adult refers to more of the characters ages than the audience that it's supposed to reach or the intended audience mm-hmm. i should say common misconception i think this happened a lot like especially with like the harry potter books that was the first time i experienced it yeah where it was like just a bunch of adults you knew were reading the books and i was like i'm pretty i, I studied the first harry potter book in in college because i took a adolescent literature course and like did lesson plans on how to <laughs> Uh, instruct in these books oh not conjure really? spells no we did not mm. it was i w- i did not go to hogwarts uh, you didn't go to uh, harry potter's master class yeah no it's, oh do they have that i don't know i had master class for a year and i didn't look up any lessons so yeah so did i you didn't kind of, that all? i'm kind of bitter it was that pandemic special where they're like here's a super good price so we all got it nah i looked at like an acting class by i couldn't even tell you who like the last week it was about to expire and then i'm like susan sarandon i probably <laughs> But yeah, continue. Um, Would, because I'm trying to think now why, (laughs) the fact that I had a, I just thought it was for young people, Mm -hmm. but it's, it, YA means that the the characters in the movie, in the book are young. So I remember in high school. This was a real shock. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it was. I'm like, what? Because in high school, they made me read 1984. Is 1984 not YA then? 
Because <laughs> it's like in high school. It's, it's for high school students. It's YA. I mean, it's not but just But then for the high characters school. aren't old. I mean, aren't young. They're old. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's uh, you're allowed to read non-YA things and yeah. you're actually Shakespeare. You're actually allowed to live, read whatever you want. Is Romeo and <laughs> Juliet <laughs> YA? Um, hmm. I don't know what the parameters are, like how many of the characters need to be <laughs> young. Or in order 16 to... characters under the age of 18. Or how many hundreds of years have passed since the story was written. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to write YA before YA as a genre is defined. Mm. My mind is just blown. So we should just end here because I think we've exactly. illuminated yeah. the yeah. audience. We've done our job. Yeah. So um, there's young adult and there's young adult dystopia. Dystopia is just a genre right. of book. What um, what would you guys classify as dystopia in your heads? Like define or classify? A lot of gray. Both, if you okay. want. Okay. So Link is... A lot of gray. Providing of gray. examples. <laughs> a lot of gray. He's exemplifying dystopia. Well, I mean, it's it's a future world where there's like a centralized control and uniformity is usually at the core of maintaining social structure um, in order to basically establish order. Um, it's a, a utopia would be like a figuratively perfect society. Right. And a dystopia would be one that's falling apart society. Right. Yeah. The antithesis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So in the late 2000s, early 2010s, there was this really, really big boom. Because dystopia, why dystopia had existed before then we talked about The Giver earlier. That came out in the 90s. Yeah. 1984 came out. Lois Lowry. Is that how we're referring to that period? 2010s? Is that what, that's what we're calling it? We want to call it the teens. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the 20 teens. The 20 teens. We're just teens. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait. What, what do you do with 2010, 2011, 2012? They get overlooked. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they don't matter. <laughs> um, there was this big boom of this YA dystopia, and mm -hmm. that's, I mean, top of our head, we talk about the big three. Okay. Or that's how I classify them in my head, at least. Um, and these are Naruto. books that really... Yeah. <laughs> Bleach. Yeah. One LeBron. <laughs> Dwayne. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The okay. big three. Okay. You were on it. <laughs> um, there was this big boom. I, I feel like, in my head, the top three were The Hunger Games, Ooh. Divergent, uh, and The Maze Runner series. E? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think it's really interesting as I was uh, in my brief research in preparing for this episode, um, I thought about like, why, why was there a boom in why a dystopia? And I'm sure you can study like social trends in general, but mm -hmm. um, I actually read like several, I don't want to say articles because I don't know how official they were, but mm -hmm. um, opinion pieces maybe on uh, op-eds, op-eds on, um, how most of these books were written post nine eleven? Yeah. Did you guys know that? I I mean I didn't do any research, but just when you presented the question, I thought, well, uh, September eleventh is one reason why I didn't. I'm, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm thinking like, okay, so dystopia means the world sucks yeah. and is falling apart. A lot and of Ray. I was. <laughs> <laughs> is Zack Snyder a dystopia? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, he literally has a dystopia right in the Snyder cut. 
the future, the nightmare. Isn't Sucker Punch a dystopia? Yeah, it's also a dystopia. That is correct. Why dystopia? They, I don't know how. Oh yeah, they are young. Yeah, because they're like in ballet school or something. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, um, so that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, this period, what's going on? And I was growing up. I was like collegiate level, graduated two thousand and two, um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember life's. We talk, I think we've talked about it in past episode, like Fight Club is one of my favorite books and movies, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the, the running threads that really gravitated to me was um, that we have no great, great Depression. The Great Depression is our lives. And there was no like event that to define us historically. 2001, September 11th, that was that moment. And it was like, okay, that's no longer true. This is a cultural shift mm-hmm. into... Like taking stock of values, you know, what is privacy? What is security? What is what are you willing to give up in order to obtain things like the Patriot Act? You know, that relationship between government and you became more and more real. And the relationship of like societies around the world and how they interrelate to another. So that was the first thing that came to my head, September 11th, Mm -hmm. the reason why my life sucked growing up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I feel like um, I learned so much. So yeah, so I guess I guess from from this event, um, these authors started writing these stories with mainly these these underlying themes. Mm-hmm. And you know, in times of great distress, what do people do but use things like this as a form of expression? Absolutely. Um and so we had the the big boom in that time period um there are books they were turned into movies these franchises um, as as they are wont to do yes is twilight a ya dystopian it's, it's <laughs> he's going y- through, he's going through yeah, every title yeah, like, like, I'm, this YA? I'm paying attention with leanne he's saying i'm just thinking is this ya is this ya is lord of it the rings it's ya it's ya dystopian but there's a lot of gray I don't know, I never made it to like the fourth book. So does like the world fall apart or something? For what? It does not. What about the woods? I have very clear <laughs> visions of the woods. For what? Twilight? Oh, Twilight. I don't think I read any of those. I read the first one. Was it good? There's a reason I only read the first one. Oh. I read all of them and love them very much. Oh, I apologize. Sorry. For no, it's okay. Insinuation. It's okay for Pookie. Ed- Conflict. Oh, Are you team Edward or team... Jacob, okay. Uh, no, I'm not Team Jacob. Edward or Team Jacob? I'm Team Edward. Okay, cool. Jacob is the like textbook pick me boy and a pedophile. The worst. That's I don't think those rules apply <laughs> to wolves. To nah, printing? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> wolves. <laughs> okay. Um, Twilight is not YA okay. dystopia, yeah, but it I suppose is YA. Yeah. Okay. It was something something interesting that you said. Caught, caught my attention that they wrote these books in response to the climate mm-hmm. at the time. We often talk, we oftentimes talk about how art shapes our society, mm. but oftentimes it's a mirror, a reflection to what's going on. Right. And there is like a reciprocal relationship there because the stories we tell and the themes and ideas we share then shape a generation as they're growing up. But then that generation goes on to then write the stories and yeah. share the ideas that will shape subsequent. 
generation. So it's interesting that the genre would emerge or or at least gain mainstream popularity in the, in this time period of turmoil and conflict. Yeah. In- interesting. So that do you think there's going to be a a boom in I'm not sure in a, another genre of books because of the pandemic? It's a major event in our lives, right? Like 9/11. Yeah, that's interesting. One could only Probably. That's a good point. Probably. Yeah. I wonder um people are wondering if because of uh, the political climate that we've had for the past couple of years, if it would kind of, there would be like a second kind of boom in, in dystopia again. Yeah. And there hasn't been, um, or not, there, obviously people still write mm-hmm. young adult dystopian right, obviously. novels. Um, and some of them are, most of them I'm sure, are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't been. There's actually, there's been a boom in unfortunately I don't even know if I could say this. Of you can people, say whatever you want. It'll, people, it might be wrong, but of um stories of like teenage suicide or people unaliving themselves. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think you can see that trend with what was that popular book that Thirteen Reasons Why? Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. a book. Yeah, it was. what a YA she, book. Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> Dystopian? No. 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 Most of these, I feel like most of these titles, and we might probably get into talking about that. I feel like mm-hmm. I know about. A, like a lot of these books mostly because of like other pieces of media because of media mostly right. like tv or adaptations right. or movies that's kind of what brought me to um, i mean aside from the fact like hunger games i think we mentioned before was one of the big ones um that i started reading in class as the movies were coming out at the same time mm-hmm. it was very interesting that was one of my um i would say first experiences i guess watching something in the theater as well as reading it at the same time and seeing the differences and I thought that I thought it was really interesting the comparison of the two, um, but I'm sure we'll get into that. I think adaptation really gives you insight into what goes into the art form of mm-hmm. both writing and filmmaking, because, like you said, when you compare those two versions of it, you you start to analyze and understand. Well, why did they make these decisions for film? Why why did they make these decisions on the written page? And you start to see how storytelling changes depending on the medium mm-hmm. and like what mediums facilitate certain types of stories. Yeah. Agreed. Another thing um, that you mentioned mm-hmm. was the fact that it was a reflection and I Link asked, oh, so what about now in the pandemic? Does anybody else get... Kind of the feeling that media is trying to avoid the, the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Because it's like we're a couple of years in now at this point, And no one has like ever wear, worn a mask on any of my TV shows. There's a couple of comedy shows that had like a bottle episode during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just so they could film something that touch upon it. But even those like I know it happened in Mythic Quest. It happened in we had Parks and Rec. But like that show wasn't on the air anymore. But like in Mythic Quest they do a COVID episode. Mm-hmm. And then once they're able to start filming it's like oh, forget about it moving on. You know, mm. do you do you get that sense that it's like the world has just kept going on TV and movies? And maybe when we look back at this time period, I mean, the next generation might not even realize there was a pandemic for most of it. Yeah, I would I would say so. There are some sh- like medical shows mm-hmm. that that they do live in like in a in a covid world. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just feel like the writers were like, ooh, something else we can add to the story. Right. So it's, like, this, it's not this like is going to be easy. Exactly. I did um, 
I don't remember what the show is called, but I remember, I think my cousin said that she was watching a show about, I it, I think it had to do with like young couples in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but she had said that the the story did take place, like it moved into the pandemic times and okay. they kind of spoke on it, but I don't know how much and I don't remember what the show was called, so. You can just put the title in the show notes. I'm just kidding. Excellent. There are no show notes. If you're listening and you know what the show is called, you should DM us on Instagram. Oh, look at that. Doing her job. S4M podcast. <laughs> you just love saying that. That's what... Okay. So... <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think going into adaptations, I think we can jump into talking about them. Um, we can start with The Hunger Games. Personally, it's my favorite. Oh, absolutely. Same. Yeah. Agreed. It's the only one I've watched. Gabe? Hence why it's the favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. Is that? Oh, no, you've seen others, right? The what? You've seen others. On the, on the other adaptations? List. Yeah. yeah. The so other. the big three are? Once again. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games. The Divergent series. Divergent. The Maze Runner series. Maze Runner. Yeah. I've seen all of the Hunger Games, which Same. are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I've seen two Divergent films. Okay. Mm-hmm. And two Maze Runner films. Okay. I've seen all the Divergents. I don't remember any of them. And I've seen two of the Maze Runner films. I've only seen The Hunger Games. Like the first one? First one? No, no, no. Oh, the whole the whole series. Games. Oh, okay. Quadrilogy? Is it? Well, quadrilogy. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting because it's like a trilogy of books. Books, but then but, right, uh, it's like the, the last part. book. Yeah. We established several weeks ago that quadrilogy is a made-up word that marketing uses. But I think it's a tetralogy. And or just epic or saga as a general term, not being specific how many chapters are in it. Although epic might be a little generous. <laughs> saga, perhaps. <it> be. <laughs> um, I have read and seen all of them. Okay. I mean, that's Probably why you're hosting today's episode. Yeah, fair enough. Makes sense. Um, do you guys remember when you first heard of The Hunger Games? Or when you read it, watched it? I remember... Th- the book getting a lot of traction in circles that I was in yeah. before there was even a movie. So I, I got in on it early because I kept hearing about this book. Right. Oh, right. like adults. Oh, we're reading The Hunger Games. Oh, we're reading The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. And I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't know it was a YA novel at the time because it was just that popular, especially among older people. I was hearing it more from older people than Damn. from students at school. And um, the other part of it was I think they announced, oh, they're going to adapt it. But I was just like, oh, this guy's going to be in it, and she's going to be in it. I think I Philip Seymour Hoffman. Around the time they cast Philip Seymour Hoffman, I don't know why I have a very specific... Mm-hmm. No, he's That's not in the first one. He's no, not he's in the second in the one. one yeah. No, so it wasn't him. I remember they started announcing the cast. Woody? Right. Was it Woody Harrelson? It, it must have been Woody Harrelson, yeah. right. Is it Stanley Tucci? It might have been he's Tucci, yeah. Okay, I think they just started announcing multiple yeah, of them. This, the cast is amazing yeah. for these movies. It's stacked, yeah. actually. So I went, before there was any like visuals or anything, just a cast announcement. I was like, okay, now it's time for me to watch it because everybody, I'm sorry, for me to read it because everybody's been telling me about it. And that's when I figure out, oh, this is a book. Well, Leanne explained to me, not for children, <laughs> but it's a YA but novel. But it's a YA novel, yeah. yeah. I think the other thing about it is they tend to be very, not simplistic, but not overly complex like yeah. w- when it comes to themes and vocabulary so it is very accessible for that age group and i think that's why they become popular among older people who may not be 
stronger or lifetime readers, mm -hmm. they're good entry level books yeah. to they get are. into reading. There's yeah. no BS. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's a, it's supposed to appeal to a younger audience that doesn't have a you would assume such a large attention span doesn't want to read through. I feel like it's captivating, yeah. I think well, I think it was in sophomore year of high school. Do we know when the book was the, the first one? The first book came out 2008, and then I think they were sequential after that by year. Okay. So, yeah, I was 2011, sophomore year of high school. And I think that they added it to the reading list because it was so popular. Oh, really? Oh, nice. cool I'm pretty sure that's teacher. what it was. Um, yeah, that's so the year I went to. I, actually, I taught Catching Fire to eighth graders. Excellent choice. The year that. Oh, the year that it came out to theaters. So we watched Hunger Games in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And then I took them to uh, opening screening of Catching Fire the day of. So they got it like first thing in the morning on release day. Yeah, our teacher gave us extra credit if we went to go watch opening weekend. We rented out a theater. It was amazing. You did? Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, we had a screening. Wait, just, yeah, you can set up a class to just have the screening. Oh, with the class. Okay. Yeah. And it's like before the theater opens. So you literally have the yeah. whole theater to yourself. That's awesome. My sister's they, class did that with the Polar Express in the fifth grade. And yeah. I was so jealous. Yeah. They open concessions just for you guys, too. So it's like you get to pick. You can pre-order like a pack. I, we did the whole thing where like everyone gets like the snack pack. Right. And then they open concessions. Everybody wants to buy anything. And they must have spent like three grand probably. You know. <laughs> just crazy. What? What movies coming out that you could do that with? That sounds like fun. Mm. Movies come out now? I don't come to you at home. <laughs> now we watch can we Now we watch you Clifford can, the Big Red Dog you can zoom over HBO Thanksgiving, Max. like lunch, uh, the weekend that it came out. And I'm so, you know, <laughs> you give some, you lose some, you gain some. Can we do this for Batman? Like, can you do this for Batman? Can I do it for Batman? It's going to be a hard sell. I mean, you should. Although I once did you do you like, rent out the theater? Yeah. yeah. I taught the class. Yeah. I taught the hero's journey with Batman Begins. Here's the thing with that though, like what you're saying, that's a risk, bro, because yeah. I haven't you haven't seen haven't that seen movie. You don't know what's in yeah. it. Like I knew exactly what was in I also, Fire. That's whatever. I don't know how easy okay. tickets are gonna be to get or rent out a theater like that. Yeah. Oh, for that one, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could rent it out for with our view with listeners <laughs> our viewers no we can what host a live down. episode we can host a live yes of the batman <laughs> what if it's the most disappointing three hours of your life oof well it won't be i know it in my heart okay we're gonna have fun then no matter what mark this we'll have fun no matter you what you can quote if, me on that <laughs> if it's bad you know we'll laugh i think it's a great idea i don't think it's gonna be bad so the hunger games <laughs> so the hunger games um the first movie came out 2012 um, which is I probably when most people started reading it. Yeah, became acquainted with it. Mm -hmm. um, I read it. The book came out two thousand and eight. I said I think. Yeah. Um, I remember I was going into high school, and uh, I remember like I distinctly remember being in the hallway, and people like holding the book. Yeah. And like talking about it and sharing it like that. And um, I'm really lucky because my mom's a reader. My mom doesn't, um, like, she reads a ton of YA and most of the bigger series, except for Harry Potter, which I've been dying for her to read. And she just <sighs> refuses to. And I think she's just so sick of me talking about it that she, like, I've turned her away from it. Mm -hmm. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, the fandom 
driving people away from the very thing <laughs> they what? love? No way. Never heard of that before. Except the fandom is just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister. You're part of the fandom. Um, yeah, I remember people reading it in the hallway, um, getting really excited about it, reading it. My mom read it. And I don't remember seeing The Hunger Games. I remember seeing the, I mean, I remember seeing Catching Fire in the theaters. Um, but yeah, they were really, really good. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of what other, before then, what other like book to movie adaptation was a big deal in the theaters. Besides Harry Potter. Besides Harry Potter, which I didn't read until like the last two movies anyway. So I kind of missed the. The bigger parts of that i mean i'm older so for me it was the outsiders i didn't see it like when mm -hmm. it was adapted but it was like to know here's this book that they made you read in middle school and now here's out. this movie and it has like all the famous actors it has the karate kid in it so there was that for me and actually i think there is a no i know for a fact that there's a director's cut on hbo max that i haven't seen and it's really? called like yeah it's called the complete novel Something like that. And I was like, of the Karate Kid? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Karate Kid, the complete manga. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, of the Outsiders. I'm, it's in my watch list. I have to get to it. That was Francis nice. Ford Coppola, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, The Godfather. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just... I was for the listeners in case. I was, I was also... Oh, because you pointed at yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I was also non-verbally pointing to Link. Because he's also has to watch the complete novel of The Godfather. He hasn't seen that Instead version. Of verbally, it's okay. The the <laughs> the viewer saw it. Yeah, verbally pointing, pointing <laughs> at Link. Do you guys have any memories about your first time watching The Hunger Games? I think that was the first movie I watched by myself. I made my mom drop me off at the theaters at midnight. Nice to to watch it because I knew a group of of um my classmates were going. But I think they were going like either Friday night or Saturday and I couldn't at that mm -hmm. time. Um, so yeah, I went Thursday night. I had to save the ticket and brought it back in for class and got extra credit. I was late into this, so I don't even... Did you watch it in the theaters or at No, home? no. I, I started watching them in theaters like the second... The second... Uh, Catch a Fire? No, no. The third one. Mockingjay Part 1? Yeah. I remember going to this old rickety theater called AMC Mall of the Americas. Oh, and oh, man. This theater, you could just walk into it because no one worked there. So you could just <laughs> walk through the front door and just sit in a theater. And I'll always remember the moment that, spoilers for The Hunger Games, <laughs> that Katniss volunteers as tribute. Yeah. And this group of girls just starts wailing, like openly <laughs> weeping. Like, <laughs> and it lasted for like 12 to 15 minutes straight. And I was like, I really appreciate how passionate they are about this, but they need to stop because they're ruining my movie. And I always remember They were probably that. inconsolable by the end. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had to watch it again after to understand what oh, everybody really? said in the movie. Did they cry when uh, PETA threw bread at Katniss? I think I don't I, think they stopped crying from that moment. I did because <laughs> like, oh, that sounds like a sad moment to crying. Yeah. So, they have the movie. They introduce these, uh, for the most part, for the main characters, these fresh-faced actors. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence being mm -hmm. 
the I'm, main one. Yeah, which she was is, a relatively unknown. Yeah, she was relatively unknown. I don't. I knew Peta from somewhere. I knew Josh. He Hutchinson. was in. He uh, was in Bridge to Terabithia. Terabithia. Yeah. yeah, another. That was YA. a big one for me. Yeah, I like that. Another Y A. <laughs> <laughs> is that a book? Oh. That's a book. That's a book. Yeah. It is a book. I actually don't know if it's Y A. And young kids. people. I think it might be middle grade. What? What? Has <laughs> young people and Zoe Deschanel. I, I realize what? I'm like, again like 15 to 18, 19 years old. She's in it. Oh, oh, okay. So Zoe Deschanel's in that. Yeah, she's a teacher. Oh, oh she is. Um, that book and movie. I can't watch it again. Oh, that's yeah. the one. That's the one with like something the, happens the, in the, in the yes mm-hmm. water. <laughs> yeah. Right, water's involved. Guys, okay. if you haven't seen Bridge of Terabithia, don't check. Don't it. do it. Don't do it. No. There's a watch why it they, right now. There's a reason why there's a bridge so you don't fall. Mm. Okay. Good okay. It's not literally, that. by the way. Um. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson was in that before. Wasn't he in that Journey movie, Journey to the Center of the Earth? I don't know if that was before or after, but I think it. Well, the first one was before. Almost. Actually, right. I think that might have been before. Was this yeah. G- Jennifer Lawrence like big breakout role, or I feel like there was something before? Mm, I th- I'm almost certain. I'm this pretty sure big breakout role. I think this was it. Yeah. Okay. She might have. Been, I'm sure she was in stuff. Oh no no, before, no. Winter's Bone. There we go. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, that's what? Before she got it's like, it was like Oscar, she got nominated. Nominated. Oscar nominated. Yeah, from that's there true. On, yeah, like, what? What? <laughs> what is it? Winter's Bone. You don't know this is a Peter Jackson movie. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in it? Why don't I remember her at all? There's like a murder. I have no idea. I've never watched it. A yeah. murder. But I remember, I, I remember she got a lot of I don't of think hype. I have seen it. I always confuse that and Lovely Bones Movie for some night, reason. Guys. Lovely Bones. Wait, maybe it's a Oh, movie. maybe that's the Lovely Bones that I'm describing. With Tucci, right? I always right? confuse him. But huh? she's not in the Lovely Bones. That's with another girl. That's Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. But now I think I'm describing the plot of Lovely Bones. I don't know what Do we're talking about. Do they both have... About. Murder? I want to say yes, Murder. but I want to tell you there's an 85% chance I'm completely wrong. They both okay. have bones, right? They both have bones. This is established in the titles, yes. Okay. I think we need to watch Winter's Bone together, guys. It's happening. Moving on. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we get these people casted in these roles. Again, I don't... I read it, so I was kind of in it when mm-hmm. it happened, and I remember... In the books, Katniss is described as like a relatively small girl, mm-hmm. and Pete is supposed to be this just like beefy guy. And they casted Jennifer Lawrence and Josh Hutcherson. I remember looking, and I was like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, it did work. Yeah. In the end, I don't think it was big enough for it to take away from the story. They're both great actors, so props to them. Um. It's almost like Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher or um, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. It's supposed to be really short, and you just like kind of roll with it. It's like, ah, oh, he's so good. Hugh Jackman's like, he's like six feet or something, right? Yeah, and Wolverine's supposed to be like five, six or something like that. Shorter, maybe. Or like in another YA, Holes, where the main character is supposed <laughs> to be chubby and Shia LaBeouf is not. Shia or like chubby. another YA. I didn't. Wait, is he really supposed yeah. to be chubby? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember that from the book. Or like another YA in Wonder when his mom's supposed to be Brazilian, but she's Julia Roberts. It's Julia Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So they they announced those cast members. Uh, Liam Hemsworth as Gale. I don't remember if he had been in anything before then. Either. Oh, no. I think he had been in um. 
Was the last song before then or after? I want to say after. I want to say after. After? That's a Miley Cyrus movie? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably how he got that role. The Nicholas Spark. Nicholas Spark YA? <laughs> it, depending on, on no, the, on I think it's just I th- I think romance, romance genre, romantic yeah, romance YA? genre. Oh. Yeah, I think that's just romance. Um, and then like we said earlier, they had the the Stanley Tucci's yeah. and the eventually Philip Seymour Hoffman's, etc. One thing that I find interesting, Sutherland's dad, Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. One thing that I find interesting is that first movie is like a low budget indie movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> And yeah, you're you like, can tell when you're watching yeah, it. And I'm like, the the director, Ross, I'm like, and he really did a lot with what like what he had. It's, it's like it's kind of gritty, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like narrow, claustrophobic. And then it gets real big and yeah. catching fire. Yeah. But he, he doesn't direct epic. the ones after. No, nah, that's right? it. He doesn't. he doesn't. Man, poor guy. He does all the work. <laughs> yeah. He does the little all the budget, groundwork. All the groundwork with a little budget. Mm-hmm. And then the, I don't know who directs the, the And ones they after recast it. his cat, too. Huh? What? You, you don't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, so he. The fans it was were, his cat? No, it wasn't his cat. Oh. But the cat that he cast, or casting director. I don't know. I don't know whose responsibility it is to cast the cat. Is that the casting director's That's fair. Job? I don't know. We should yeah, that. No, maybe there's an animal handler. Anyways, apparently <laughs> the fans were not appreciative that the cat was not reflective of the cat in the novel, so they recast the cat for the subsequent films. The cat is supposed to look different than the first one. I... It goes to show you how much I paid attention to the cat mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize. Yeah, apparently it was a big was sticking point. Wow. You can see why it's not Academy Award nominated. <laughs> because of the cat. Because of the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it is like what you were saying or touching on what you were saying. I feel like the these movies are like palpable to me. But the Hunger Games especially, like mm-hmm. the way it's shot, the colors, like I, I, it, they feel very palpable to me. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, part of why I love them so much. There's like a certain... It's a comfort movie. What's your favorite from the Hunger Games series? Book or movie? Either one. Both? Um, they both would be probably be Catching Fire. Same. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Talk now before you have nothing else I'm to say. I'm just trying to figure out. I think, the, I think my favorite movie is Catching Fire. I think my favorite book is Hunger Games because that's the one that got me into it. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I don't. I don't really... <laughs> No, you don't do care. Wanna, do no, no, to... not, not that I don't care. You don't remember? Kind of, yeah, remember. I think I agree with you guys. I think Catching Fire was yeah. the best one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't like the fact that they split the third move, the third book into two movies. Two. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, two. Yeah. Why? Why do you not like the fact? Just because it was like more to watch, or nah, man, it's just a uh, it's for money. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you're just you're just like you reticent like... to accept whenever they do that. Yeah. Did you like the movies? I did, yeah. I think it's Breaking Dawn's fault, actually. I think it's the... You don't wouldn't say it's Harry Potter's fault? That came, that first, came right? out. The last Harry Potter movie came out 2011. Oh, okay. So Breaking Dawn. No, so... no. That's a lie. That's a lie. 2013, maybe. So which one did it first? Harry Potter? Mm. Yeah. I think, it's yeah, somebody's I think, fault. I think yeah. Breaking Dawn. I think they might have been the same. Yeah. I think Is that, that the year? first film franchise to do that, though? Split something in. Like a novel adaptation? I think so. But Probably. I think it's definitely the start of that trend at that moment where, yeah. like, Twilight was like, oh, we can make another movie and make twice as much money from the same yeah. book. And then. And then The Hunger Games did it. I, I, I think you could have compressed it into, like, one long film. I think that both films are good, but I do think in both of the. The last and the penultimate chapters of the films, they don't live up to the heights of Catching Fire because Catching Fire is such a nice, tight narrative. 
they knocked it out of the park yeah. or Suzanne knocked it out of the park the writer which yeah. is which is the one that introduces Finnick Catching Catch Fire. Fire yeah that's the best one that's why yeah. we love it let's yeah. be honest yeah um alright brief overview then since can't remember what happened just so we get a better idea Hunger Games it's the first Hunger Games she wins she, she, hun- she, spoilers yeah. uh, spo- full spoilers she for wins. full spoilers for the rest of the episode <laughs> she wins she Hunger survives Games. and makes it to the other Hunger Games books yeah and yeah then. she wins by cheating the system correct sticking it to the man yeah she shoots an arrow at the system mm. that's sky. not how she wins that's not how she wins well i guess that was the that smart guy shoots an arrow at the sky that's catching that's fire, catching fire. <laughs> i thought oh, you meant uh, yeah. um oh hey Kato. We, i thought you meant nimrod <laughs> no i meant jeffrey they're Ray. gonna scars guard yeah they're gonna eat the berries right yeah 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 she's that oh, that's right, because they were going to... You know what? I think Toby... That guy... Maguire? No, the... <laughs> he's not in the Hunger Games. Oh. Pizza time? The voice of... <laughs> the voice of the the games, like the broadcaster. Stanley Tucci? Uh, Stanley Tucci. No, the other guy. His partner. Oh, Seneca Crane. No, that's not the voice. Um, what? Yes, uh-huh. it is. <laughs> the, the broadcaster that's alongside... Um, Stanley Tucci's character of um, Fleck, Fleck, what's his name? Fleckerman? Fleckerman. Fleckerman. Caesar Fleckerman. Yeah, the other guy, the like short. Oh, um, I don't remember Baldi. his name. Yeah, okay. Sorry, apologies to That's him. Okay. He's the one that talks at the end. He's like, oh, the rules have changed. Right. And then there's like, now you have to kill each other. And they're yeah. like, we're going to yeah, commit yeah, yeah. double homicide, which was a yeah. controversial point at the time. I don't know if you guys... Yeah, the, the double homicide. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, double, double homicide. Like, uh, no, mutual suicide. That's what it was like. We're gonna kill ourselves. Like double suicide. We're cheat this. Yeah, but, I yeah. remember. That is one thing I think that maybe doesn't translate, translate in for the, sure. Yeah, book yeah. to movie because in the book, she doesn't. She knows that they're not gonna let them both die, so she yeah. says, "I'm gonna fake it." She's not actually trying to. But she's not communicating with Peta, no. so she's also well, not sure that Peta's not gonna go <laughs> along and accidentally get himself suicided. Yeah. If he dies, that's not a word. He dies. Not, not the best thinking, but but it was they've been through a rough time. So okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me that gets lost in translation: mm-hmm. the fact that Katniss narrates the books. She does, and like. We're left to interpret scenes where we clearly know what her motivation and feelings and also her like confusion because she's just lost all the time during especially the first one. I would say even throughout the whole series has no idea what's going on around her. And that gets lost because you have to interpret what her motivations and what's going on around her on film because it's just quiet scenes. Mm -hmm. That is the downside of of uh adaptations yeah i wouldn't even say it's a downside though i, I feel think, like it's a new way of yeah i think you, you just got to be creative yeah and how you portray that i mean there's been other adaptations where there is narration mm-hmm. and i mean for example like the dune like yeah. the dune series the first film they had the narration in their heads like they they had the thoughts and they were um saying it in the film and the new one it's kind of just like i think we had spoken about this before when we watched it there were certain things that um aren't clear exactly yeah. yeah and that can be misconstrued or taken a different way than it was originally intended but i think but i think you're right i think the challenge of doing that on film just makes like it adds to the creativity of it of making such a thing mm-hmm. for the actor as well yeah I for sure because ultimately it does lie on on then yeah what they remote. bring on their performance yeah, yeah. 
So, Hunger Games ends. They're going to both uh, eat the Nightlock berries, I think. Yes. The suicide um, berries. The suicide berries. <laughs> That's not what they're called. <laughs> um, and they don't. They call it off. They win. I don't know if it's a relief necessarily because I think, and this is another thing where in the book, Katniss does realize once they leave that things are not all okay. I think in the movie it seems like they're just going to ignore it and go on. Um, mm-hmm. Katniss knows from the bat that President Snow is not going to believe it. Yeah. And that leads us to catching fire. Leads us to catching fire. Long story short, it's the quarter quill. Yep. They have to go back again. <laughs> Can you imagine Sucks. that? No. It's <laughs> the worst possible yeah. option. Um, now we'll accept double suicide. <laughs> <laughs> um, Katniss has to go because she's the only female tribute ever. But they still like go through they the act of picking her name <laughs> from the thing. They're like, I wonder who it'll be. Oh, it's the only alive A little people. unnecessary, I would say. <laughs> it's called ceremony and tradition. Okay. Tradition. <laughs> Protocol. Um, Haymitch gets picked. PETA volunteers in his place. Can I talk about how my favorite scene from this book is not in the movie? Yeah, go for it. Do you know what I'm going to say? Uh, No. Okay. So I remember having read this book and getting ready for the movie, and I'm... I was like, the greatest part of this movie is going to be when they flash back to the year that Hamish won. won and how he did it. Mm-hmm. And I waited the whole and movie. And they didn't. They never talk about and, it. And there's moments, too, in the movie where you're like, here's where they could put it. Uh-huh. Nope, that moment passed. The director's cut, bro. Here, maybe? Nope, that moment passed. Which is a shame. Yeah. How does he do it? He throws the axe into the force field that surrounds the arena, and the force back, the force field ricochets the axe back into and basically decapitates his opponent. Which actually is what gives Katniss the idea to yes, blow up the, the arena. Other, yeah. Yes. And that was, that was just lost. In that was the, awesome. Yes. So epic. I love that ending. The it's Link's favorite part. One he thing, not he not silent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you did mention it, so you yeah, remember yeah. it. Um, one thing when I was like going back now to like prep for, cause I haven't read those books in a while. I do watch the movies. Like mm-hmm. you said, you watch them probably every year. I watch them probably the you same. Watch them. Yeah. Um, going back and like trying to compare from the books to now, I forget that like probably 50% of the book takes place before the quarter quill. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. like a big, there's like a year and several months That's right. in between the, the tour. Last, yeah. All of that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like, mm, yeah. I remember that. Um, but obviously, for very understandable reasons, most of the movie takes place in the arena. Which you mean you don't want a four and a half hour? I mean, I'm not complaining. Of, of, catching def- fire. of trying to live a normal life post. Mm. Not just in the two films, man. Come on, that's true. You know what? Just wait for the next one. New Line Cinema would have done it. <laughs> Carry on. That's true. Oh, now you, no. <laughs> oh, Gabriel getting triggered of his uh, completely rational dislike for the Hobbit films. Continue. Do you hate the Hobbit films? I don't he did, hate I, them. You go speak for yourself. I, I went back and watched them, and I'm just like, why? Why is this three films? And I don't know. It's just Lord of the Rings is such a masterpiece for me. Um, and then going to the Hobbit, it's just there's so many different things that, I mean, are different. And I mean, I don't really blame Peter Jackson. 
What? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That ended. That yeah. That ended in a weird place. The, the Hobbit isn't as epic as Lord of the Rings. No, of course. I dislike them spreading it out over multiple films, but it's not the director's fault. Well, I mean, Peter Jackson wasn't even like initially what? supposed to make yeah, them to be, do them. Wasn't be Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, but it was gonna be two parts. Can and then imagine? Peter Jackson came aboard, and Bruh. then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do three. Bruh. I can't. I think I can't stay mad at Peter Jackson okay. for too long. Right. You haven't even seen Get Back. Have you seen King Kong? Are they, is it terrible? No, no it's great. It's, it's great, supposedly. I haven't seen it yet. It, it is great. As someone who's seen I, it. I mean, it's like 15 hours of the Beatles. Like, of course, it's great. What are you going to do? How do you mess that up? Yeah. So why would you say I was thinking it was going to be bad? Because like you can't, no, you can't stay mad at him, but like, I'm so much watch get back. Yeah, I'm at a point in my life where there's too many things to watch. That's, that's fair. That's fair. So 15 hours of footage. Is it weird that... M- my dislike of them splitting it up into multiple films had me irrationally believing there were six Hobbit movies. <laughs> Actually, no, I thought that's yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, there was so many Hobbit movies. Um, why? I thought Link was going to ask if that was why. No, because, you know, Bilbo and, and those... No, he answered his own question. Don't worry Bilbo, about it. Bilbo... He's and, not a young adult. He's not a young adult. Neither are the... Yeah, Frodo's like... 50. Yeah, neither are any of the dwarves. Dwarves, there we go. Frodo's not in the book. And Gandalf's like thousands oh, we're of years old. Oh, no, no, no one's old. No. I did also teach The Hobbit in eighth grade. I wish yeah. I would have taken your class. Yeah, I would no, sound I'm like sorry. a cool teacher. Yeah, there's so many stories that George says, and I'm just like, I really wish I was yeah. still in school <laughs> to take him as a teacher. The funny part is that we all had the same teacher that taught him. The funny part that all my students just complain about my class. Who? <laughs> just... Lots of them. Vicious Let's cycle. Yeah. Vicious okay. cycle. Entitled. Continue. Um, don't know where we were right before that. Um, I think we finished catching. Crap. I think we're moving on to Mockingjay. Mockingjay. Blows up the arena. In uh, Mockingjay? Finds out that everyone was lying to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know what? I don't remember this movie. Visible confusion, which is why we're doing the recap. Yeah, go ahead. In, yeah, in Catching Fire, she blows up the arena. She's rescued. Taken away, but they captured Peta. That's how. Oh yeah, Angelina. I did not like that part because Peta's my favorite. Yeah, yeah it's it was, rough. It went crazy. Pretty. This last book is very few happy times, if we're being honest. Yeah, it's really. But a downer. the least favorite. Catch a fire is the most action. It does. And we move away from the games in Mockingjay. Into like we a do. civil no war, arena. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the idea, and this is communicated. A lot better, or at least in more detail in the books. But I do like that they parallel that the war is the final Hunger Game. Mm-hmm. Like the games were just the model for the way that the battle is like established with the traps and the troops and all all the obstacles. Basically, the final Hunger Games is the real life conflict between the capital and the rest of Pan Am. In many ways, the Hunger Games itself was a metaphor. For that oppressive system, mm-hmm. and it boils over in, in when war breaks out. Uh, war, terrible war, where we get to. So, Kaji Fire, Katniss, there is no District 12 anymore. Uh, they're in this hovercraft forever, and then they get to mm-hmm. District 13, 13 mm-hmm. which, surprise, exists. Oh, yeah. That was a big twist. Yeah, that was a huge twist. Um, which we did not know existed at all. 
just man you're great they are they are yeah, <laughs> they are. Link's just has a flabbergasted look in his eyes. He's like, "What <laughs> is like, this?" Sounds good. You... <laughs> I'm trying to remember these movies. Um, they are fully equipped, like military-wise. Uh, they have a lot of people that live in District 13. They have their own leader. She is a president, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, President. It's Queen. Julianne Moore, right? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, Not in the book, though. What I find so fascinating about this. What? Were you going to talk? No, no. I was oh. laughing at what he said. Um, what I find really interesting, we haven't spoken of the villain, quote unquote, in this story. That's true. Um, which kind of changes as you read Mockingjay. Mm-hmm. Um, our first immediate or apparent villain. Peter. Is. <laughs> okay. That's a gale, but. I would also I'd... say gale. Or the cat. Is it weird that I didn't remember Seneca Crane like from the books? Like I feel like his part in the, in the movie, mo- the is, movie is significantly bigger, than, yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah. than in the actual books. And then with President Snow, he has that thing where he bleeds from the mouth. Yeah. Like and he, they have the visual cue where he drinks from the cup at yeah. the beginning of Catching Fire, but you don't really know what any of that means if you didn't read the book. Read the book. Yeah, he has that infection. Yeah. He basically Poisoned himself yeah. with the berries to create an intolerance to them so that he could poison everyone else that ran the government as he was coming up. And that's how he became like the supreme leader. But naturally, there are side effects. To that. <laughs> yeah. Poisoning yourself. I, well, I, I don't know. Wesley f- seems great in Princess Bride. <laughs> it worked for him. Yeah. Um, do you think President Snow has seen Princess Bride? Yeah, I think so. I think after he finishes oppressing and murdering the innocent, <laughs> he just like puts his feet up and watches with his granddaughter. It's his comfort the movie. Princess Bride, yeah. President Snow has Disney Plus confirmed. Um Here was looking at me surprised that Princess Bride is on Disney Plus. They bought twentieth century you don't films. Know that? Yeah, it was a it was a big thing I last. Just always go last to year. And watch it. I watched it like two days ago. Yeah. Last year it was like a big thing. Like they did a video with um Carriels and mm. uh, Robin Wright. Really? Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're together again for Disney Plus. That's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was cute. You should watch it. YA novel? Um, Who knows at this point? <laughs> well, that's the point of this episode. What's so. Link's take? Uh, everybody want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> um, y- yeah, President Snow is the uh is the apparent villain in the first i would say two mm-hmm. novels and leading into the third um but i what i find so interesting about this series and what i really like about the writing is that towards the end of mocking jay um organized government is the villain is the villain is the bigger villain mm-hmm. and president coin is actually in the end i think she's worse than snow mm-hmm. um if it's true what they say about her because at least in the films, is it clear that what happened happened? I don't. Do you mean about the events? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. But is it clear because they've told us that the audience are the characters within the story clear about it? I always get a sense that Katniss kills Coin, and like probably half of society is like, "What just happened?" Like, and I don't know that, I don't know that they ever get an explanation. Is that how the 
fourth one ends or the third one? The fourth one. The fourth one. That's like the that's end. That's how the whole right? series ends. That's the ending, right? Yeah. This whole time I'm like, is that how the like the sec like the third one ends and then they go into it and then I'm like, no, I think that's literally just how it. Yeah, it just ends and it's like flash forward to the future and like at least in the films we don't really get any transitional. It's crazy. Period and everything. Like Katniss saves us from fascism and then she saves us from democracy and subsequent possible fascism. Yeah. She just needed a third film. Oh. She. What? A fifth film. <laughs> I, was I was like, like huh? She already got four. Um, yeah, that's the end of the Hunger Games. Do you remember any of that? No, no not at all. <laughs> we gotta so watch not them. convinced. Don't worry, this happens to link it. a lot on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to our Snyderverse episode if you want. <laughs> if you want to hear three people like stumble through a conversation with Link we're trying to remember what happened. Cheap plug. I kind of I kind of envy him. Because he gets to relive these narratives all again. Exactly. And then you just forget after you watch it. Yeah, no. It's kind of like a reset. Five years, I'll forget. Yeah. Problem is, I don't rewatch a lot of movies, so that's why I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I rewatch a lot of movies. I don't rewatch a lot of TV shows. I'll rewatch a lot of TV shows for sure. I don't rewatch a lot of TV. I don't have the patience to rewatch a lot of TV. Yeah, that's too many hours. That's why I'm always quoting like Arrested Development, and I'm like, how do you not get that? Reference that I made. I know, right? How did I not make that deep cut reference from? Yeah. How do you not get it? In? Okay, that was a lot of time on Hunger Games. It was. I mean, it's the biggest one. Yeah, I honest. think so. So let's move through. It's the only and one that we've all seen. It's That's also, true. Yeah, that is true. It was the biggest. It's the only one we've all seen. Allegedly, I'm yeah. not entirely convinced you've actually seen. It's also, I think, the best of the the big three. Like we said, as far as adaptations go. Yeah, not a hot take, I don't think. Right? Not mm. the hottest take. No. Yeah. Um, we can jump to Divergent, yes. which I think may, might be the second. Maybe biggest isn't the right word, um, considering that they didn't even finish the series. How many is it supposed to be? It was supposed to be four. But they did three. But they did three. They don't and, even finish the story. Don't even get me started on And that. it was probably going to be five, right? Because yeah. you have to split the, <laughs> because you have to split the, the one into last two. one. Um. But they don't finish the book or the movies. No, the books. The books. No, they finish the, the books. Movie. They don't they finish didn't... adapting. No, okay, okay. they were gonna turn the last one, which is into three movies, I'm into a TV movie. <laughs> oh, they actually, yeah, they really? actually. Oh, I like, remember really... hearing something like that. Yeah, yeah. Lifetime um, presents. At that point, like the actors Hallmark. had pulled out, and <laughs> um, which fair enough. I think that would have been an injustice to the series, and they couldn't really get the actors to come back for that. Man, Shailene Woodley just. Just dropping your projects. Maybe it could have been a couple of years too soon because nowadays I think it would have been picked up for like a streaming service. Mm. True. Yeah. Yeah. Very easily. Who who made those movies? Do you know? Shailene Woodley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Shailene Woodley for, made them. Like, yeah, like what studio or? Uh, I think it was 20th Century Fox. Sure. Sounds good. Well, they can Fox Because I think uh, they were acquired by Disney, right? Yeah, correct. At some point. Mm-hmm. I they're, think they're that might have had, century yeah. films now. Yeah. I think that might have uh, had, had something, something to do with it. it. Yeah. When in doubt, blame the Disney buyout of whatever company you're complaining about right now. <laughs> I mean, so I can, enough. in the future, it can become Disney plus content. All the characters are like 30 years We're older. We're bringing it them could. back. Shirley Woodley is 54. Restart Don't mind if they look the older. Series. To be yeah. honest, I hate how this book series ends, so I'm fine with them not doing it. You know what? And I think that's... Do they not diverge at the end? They just... Combined, what are they? Divergent, um, insurgent, insurrection, no. allegiant, allegiant, allegiant. And what? then it was supposed to the be, airline. I think, as ascension, oh. ascendant. Oh, there's oh. four. Yeah, there's 
three mm. books. What? No, four books. <laughs> okay, I was like, <laughs> they didn't adapt the book that doesn't exist. Wait, so what are they again? Actually, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I know I was huh? no, not because now I'm Divergent, Divergent Insurgent, Insurgent, uh, Allegiant. Allegiant. Those are the three movies. And yes. Ascendant, book, right? Ascendant. I don't know. I have no idea what the fourth one at all. I believe you. That's fine. Um, now I'm confusing myself. If I'm being honest, comment on social media when this episode. Goes <laughs> don't up. comment on social media. If you... <laughs> no one will read it, but comment. DM no us. one did the research. Worst show ever. Uh, you you know, obviously don't, don't listen to the show. <laughs> Um, what happened this? I don't remember. <laughs> so Divergent. Yes. Books. This all came out around the same time. Um, Hunger Games did come out first. I think the first Divergent book. What's, what's the whole series about? Because <laughs> I'm not I, sure I saw yeah, I've never seen it. So all I know is that there, she's jumping bridge, like jumping. No bridges. No, not nice bridges. One. She's jumping no, like no bridges. Buildings. From what? This is the only thing I remember. So you can correct that. Everyone's classified based on a certain set of skills. That they have, like they're based into like social classes based on what they're able to do. Is it, am I uh, a confused? No, look uh, on your it's, face? It's, okay, they're absolutely able wrong. to. Continue. They're able to choose when they come of age what uh-huh. faction they would like to live but in. But they have different abilities or something, no? Like, um, like they're welders or like no, like not not career not like fi- not like physical abilities. Like no, like it career was. paths, like um, skill sets. Yeah, more knowledge like, base. Yeah, so there's erudite, knowledge based, mm-hmm. candor. Uh, I remember this now. Basically, justice, mm-hmm. um, abnegation, which is where the main character Triss is from. They are, um, want to say like selfless. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be selfless. Okay. Um, you have Dauntless, who are the rebels. That's like a game now, right? Dauntless. Hmm? Is it? No, I don't know. Okay. Why do I? And abnegation, who are like the Hufflepuffs. <laughs> why do I? Why do I? Why do you? Why do you remember this? Why not seen the you? movies? No. Why do I connect this whole series with Shaney Woodley? Shaney Woodley because she stars in it. Continue. Jumping. Br- she does. She jump does. From, jumping she does. like buildings. Like, buildings. She, she does. does. Yeah. Is that her powers? Like she's able. To no, she doesn't have nobody powers. has no powers. No superpowers. Oh, that's what that faction so, does. So, <laughs> brief overview. She is abnegation. It's her coming of age thing. Her and her brother have to pick what faction they're going to be. Oh, and her brother, who she dates later. Who she dates later in, in the fall. In a Stars. different movie. Yeah, fall of um, Stars. Do they pick the same faction? They do not. Oh. So there is. It's it's standard that usually, obviously, yeah. people would pick their same. Uh, the faction that they grew up in. Um, there is some unrest within the factions. People, there's people are kind of, um, I don't want to say bad mouthing abnegation, but they're abnegation are the people who, who they're the elected officials essentially mm. because they're selfless, quote unquote. Um, her brother picks erudite, so goes opposite, and she picks dauntless, which is like a big the jump. Rebel. Yeah, mm-hmm. the rebel group. So she doesn't um, pick the house she's in. Does pick the house she's in. Wait, isn't she ab? Uh, she but grew up abnegation, but she picks Dauntless because she's divergent. Oh. Um, I mean, you don't have to be divergent. I think to pick a different faction. Also, why is it called divergent? Then? Um, divergent has to do with something else. Uh, uh, I, it's okay if you. 
Well, I don't know. Is it okay if you spoil Divergent? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spoiler, yeah. Alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So what was uh, the apprehension? Divergent has to be... So when you you take a test before you get to pick what faction... It is your choice, ultimately, but you take a test and you it's kind of like percentages. Like you're yeah. You know what kids love? Stories about test taking. All right, continue. <laughs> and um, her test results are like inconclusive, which is a really big deal. It basically uh, means that... Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> Bryan Danielson. Um. When she tests inconclusive, the girl who's testing her, who happens to be Dauntless, tells her that she needs to say that she tested uh, abnegation and stay there. Because okay. if not, it's there's going to be trouble for her, basically. Oh, no. Essentially, you find out the government slash erudite is trying to hunt down these divergents because they, they basically go against everything the factions stand for. Oh. They are not one thing. Uh, they are like a... a multiple things if that makes sense yeah the the erudite leader is the princess bride right is that the actress no kate winslet winslet close close, <laughs> it's a so close. she's a titanic <laughs> oh okay she that is makes sense. she's so much more than titanic she'll um, always be ophelia and hamlet for me continue <laughs> i mean that's kind of it she ends up at Dauntless. Uh, once you change factions, you can't go back. Oh, you can't even talk to your family in the other one. That's like oh, a big part no. of it. Um, she stays there. She does really well, like exceedingly well. There are tests that they have to take throughout it. And um, because she does abnormally well, someone who is her love interest eventually in this name is Four, he figures it out. Um, and she basically has to learn how to hide that she's divergent. Mm-hmm. War breaks and out. They fight war the breaks government. out. Blah, blah, all blah, ensues. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. How does this end? Yeah. That you didn't like? Well, okay. So before we talk about that, I have heard that this was very poorly received. The ending of this series, both the books and the films, yeah, are it's basically just like a downward downfall trajectory for both series. Like it pretty much doesn't have many fans left by the end of yeah. each series. Um. So that's true. Yeah, she dies at the end of the book series. And oh man, I haven't read. Rip. Yeah. Kate Winslet. Honestly, that's not. Don't want, don't want it. It's not Kate Winslet. Um, Wait, she dies though, right? Or is she just in prison? Or what happens to her? In the movies? We're just, just trying to piece back like a series of films we didn't watch. I cannot remember. I've watched oh, you did two, see them all? I, I saw two of them. I didn't watch the third yeah, one. So you don't know how the third one ends. Ah, see? We're the same. It doesn't matter because they don't end. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't even matter because they don't even end. But Kate Winslet makes it through all of them? No. Oh, okay. Um, maybe no. What about no, no, no. Okay. I don't think so. I think she dies at the end of the third movie. She definitely dies in the series. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty sure she dies. She was like, "I'm not so, coming back for the TV movie." So, <laughs> so what happens to Tris? Right? She dies. Oh no! But like, it, but not in like, the movies, right? Not in the movies because they didn't, they get, didn't to get there, that, right? Who's Tris? I think the, the main I'm main pretty character. sure the movies oh, end what? with... Her name is not Divergent? <laughs> so why would her name be <laughs> Divergent? Her name is Tris Pryor. Beatrice Pryor. Okay. Beatrice, though. Yeah. Or Tris, I think is what they call is it. Is it like a sacrifice? What is or... it that makes... What makes... Is she volunteers tribute? That's a different series. What is it that makes this series like such a disappointment to the fandom? Wait, I want to start off by saying that I, I did like relatively enjoy this. I just... Killing off a main character, I think, is... A poor choice. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't love that. I can respect it, but I I don't love it. And I think a lot of Okay, but a lot of people don't like where the series ends up. Why? You know, I'm not saying it's bad because I haven't read it or seen it, but... um, I, I think 
with any series in general, there's usually something that the main character has to go through or sacrifice um, to come out in the end. Mm-hmm. There's a redemption in that. Right. Um, like Katniss, she enters the games because she wants to save her sister, and in the end, her sister dies, and that's her sacrifice. Katniss gets to live this life, but unfortunately... Right. You know, her sister does. <laughs> the fact I don't that, remember her sister dying. The fact that you're apparently spoiling Link on a yeah. series he's already watched and read. Um, I read only the first two. Oh, okay. It essentially just seemed like an unnecessary death. Um, her brother tries to, like... Eventually, her brother tries to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. and she tells him no, and she does instead. Uh, her and... Four, who is her like love interest? F O R E or F O? Yeah, four. yeah, like <laughs> golf, F-O- like the golf term. F O U R or F O R? Um, no, like the number. He he's has... the he's a good driver. Mm. Not n- negative, not in this series. <laughs> That's in the <laughs> no, other one. No, because he says four. You know, okay, continue. Like no. golf. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. I feel like I'm doing a really poor job of explaining it, but I don't think you have to explain it. Okay. He is, he's called four because he has four fears. If you were wondering. Ah, uh, mm. I did not know. What that. they they break up like mm-hmm. at the end of that series book, anyways, and mm-hmm. then he's away and she dies and he comes back and finds out and then he essentially ends up with Christine, her best friend, and she ends up with <gasps> oh, her oh, brother. Oh. She ends up dead. Oh, <laughs> did they break up because of the four finger thing? <laughs> I mean, was that, a, was that a deal breaker? Would that be a deal breaker for you, Lynn? I don't think she no, said no, it directly, but probably. Oh man, dang. Um, they changed a lot in this book to movie adaptation. I mm-hmm. think that's probably where the fault lied. I also don't know how much of it is. I don't want to say that it's the actors not committing to a project. I think. Um... You don't like Shaley. Okay, confirmed. Continue. <laughs> no, I, I do like Shaley. <laughs> um, I think that it seemed like a culmination of things. I think with 20th Century Fox being bought out, um, with changing the sequences, um, and I, I think it might have kind of been doomed from the start. I think it's really rough to try and adapt something where the ultimate sacrifice is the main character mm. dies. I think that's really hard to watch. Yeah. I would have been upset if I ever made it there. Pretty much. Ooh. Yeah, so I think they were kind of doomed from the start being honest um we can jump to maze runner really yeah honestly. did that one end on a downer um no that, one knows that one it, it ends with them <laughs> no eating one's corn. seen it what it ends with them eating corn ah because uh, yeah. of, of corn maze yeah yeah i see what you did there because of corn maze yeah like those corn mazes maze. no no i thought it was be- like my I, I thought it was because corn is called maze among Native American no, and no, Spanish, it works both ways. Yeah, okay. It, it was multi layered. Wow, that was deep. That was deep. Maze Runner. Um, Maze Runner is interesting because they is changed. Yes, they changed <laughs> the um, they changed the movie plot completely. Oh wow! Um, to oh. like where the last two books, it's basically like irrelevant to what they did in the movies. However, hmm. I think this series did better than Divergent overall. You like the movies. I do like the movies. Okay. I do like the movies. I think, I mean, I do think the book is better, and I think you're just always going to get more out of a book, but I thought they did a good job. Um, but I also just think, I don't, 
when I say I think they did better, I think they just performed better overall. Hence, I mean, they were able to finish the series at the very how least. Many, how many uh, movies does the Maze Runner have? Is it a trilogy? Three? Mm-hmm. Tetra- three. three. Three is just a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, is it a tetralogy? Tetralogy. It's three movies. Three, okay. Three books, three movies. Three books, three movies. Okay. No. I can respect no that. Yeah. Maybe that's why it worked. Hmm. Or didn't work, I guess. Yeah. Whatever, Rise yeah. of Skywalker Part 1 and 2. Who, who are the actors? Are, like, who's the main character? I really like Dylan O'Brien, Dylan actually. O'Brien. He's great. And yeah. that's the guy from... Teen the, Wolf. Teen Wolf. Yeah, from Teen Wolf. From the Taylor Swift video. I'm pretending I never saw it. It is the guy from the Taylor that's, Swift that's, video. That's, uh, Jake is that the new one? Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. Right? Oh, the yeah. Taylor yeah. Swift video. Also, mm, I haven't yeah. seen that one. Mm. Mm. Then we like him. Because that's what I love Dylan O'Brien. Yeah. I'm a big fan. He's great. I guess I have to Google this guy later. Wait, that came off wrong. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, so the a woman, a girl is not the main character. It's this guy. Yeah, the guy is the main oh, character, okay. actually, yeah. which I feel like in dystopia oh. is not super common. Yeah, that's true, because why it tends to be female-driven, at least yeah. you know, nowadays. Yeah. I hadn't even noticed that. It is It is a guy. Does that make me progressive? <laughs> Are there other main like other popular characters? I mean, actors on this in this uh movie, in this franchise. I'm sorry. Um, not huge, but um, is there like a little Irish kid in this cast? I don't know why I remember this. Like a little redheaded Irish kid in the first um, one. Um, the guy yeah. who plays Newt, forget the actor's name. Uh, he's the kid from. Wait, maybe I'm misquoting this. Is he the kid from August Rush? Am I making that up? Longest Yard. No one saw August Rush, so it doesn't matter. Right. August, it, you guys didn't see August Rush? No. That's with like Kira Knightley? Nope, I don't remember anything about her. that movie, if I'm being completely no, honest. It's not, for, it's, it's not him, not. right? That's the kid from James and the Giant Peach. What? He's isn't Ferb that, isn't from that Phineas and Ferb? I oh! didn't know that. Oh, you didn't recognize him? <laughs> he's the he's a little boy from Love Actually. Love Actually. Oh, that's yes, me. yes. Wait, okay, so is August Rush the movie where his mom is that? Girl, Felicity, that girl that, um, who's the director of Rise of Skywalker? Man, JJ uh, Abrams. Oh, <laughs> Trevor, you were gonna say Colin Trevor? Off? I no. wish JJ Abrams is in love with that girl, Felicity. Is that she they play guitar or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, it has this guy. I like yeah. this guy. Is yeah. he Irish? Oh, that's awesome. uh, well, Adam Warlock. Yeah, yeah, it's it's soon it's, to be. Will, Pol- Will Poulter. Will Poulter. Poulter. Yeah, I like that's him. His name. That's his name. What movie did I see him in that I loved him? The one with Son of Rambo. Oh, Son of Rambo. Yeah. That is such a that is a deep cut. That movie is so good. Have you ever seen Son of I've Rambo? Not. Oh, that is not to, where I recommend it. Oh, so film. good. To all our listeners, Son of Rambo. If you've ever seen a Rambo film, go watch. Son oh, it of has. Rambo. It has. It's a, amazing. Her, you know. The mom they love from Mother Lovers. PBS. Oh, I like her. Patricia yeah. Clarkson. Yeah. She was in a WWE film with Randy Orton once. Really? Yeah. Which one? I think Randy Orton is like an English teacher. It's actually a pretty good <laughs> one. <laughs> I think it's actually a decent movie. Is it Dead Poet Society? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dead Poet Society 2? Out of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah, Son of Rambo. What, what? <laughs> that's that's not, yeah, that was, that's that's what you were going talking, back to. You were, you were Usually, you use transitions to get back to the topic. No, but you were talking about Son of Rambo. Yeah, I told everybody to watch it. And that's oh, yeah, pretty it's, much it's it. So good. Yeah, it's this kid who his parents are like. <laughs> now we're talking about Son of <laughs> his Rambo. parents are like very conservative, <laughs> like religiously conservative, and uh, this kid played by Will Pol- Poulter um, 
shows them like the Rambo movie, mm-hmm. and then they start create cri- they start creating they reenact like, it reenact yeah. like yeah. they make a sequel, <laughs> sequel to it, son of Rambo. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's adorable. It's beautiful. That's great. Yeah, it's way better than the Maze Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do an episode. It's way just better about than son Divergent. You never even see the Virgin. Oh, according, I mean, taking Leanne's word. And the internet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. There's also, I think her name is Kaya or K.S. Godelario. Yeah, I saw that her too. Yeah. Uh, she was in Skins, the UK version of Skins, the TV show, which I really liked when I was younger. So I was really excited that she was in it. She plays Teresa. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the female lead in Pirates, right? That other no Deadman Tale. Yeah. And, um, um. I remember. There being a big jump in the second movie, mm-hmm. where like the first one is about running a maze, that mm-hmm. seemed obvious, mm-hmm. and then the second one is about zombies. If I oh. yeah, and I was yeah. and I got real lost real fast. So I was like, <laughs> so, how did we get here? So uh, I feel like the series is really complicated. So to try and explain it, I'm sure someone's done it, and there's an overview on the internet that we could look up. That's much simpler than me. Just put it in it. the show notes. Okay. Also, someone create show notes. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Essentially, these kids wake up in this place called the Glade, which is the maze. Um, and they don't know why they're there, but they know they've been put there, and they basically have to survive against these like external factors and creatures. Um, they like eventually... camping trips growing up, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they eventually break out of the maze. Um. And then the books and the movies take two very different, very different turns. Okay. Um, very briefly, what 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 is different, like from the books and the movie? Um. Well, so the reason they're put in there, which you find out later on, is um they're basically like test subjects. Mm-hmm. So there's been this is like post like apocalyptic, like post apocalyptic. Basically, right. there is dystopian uh, even. Yeah, dystopian. <laughs> what I would say. Um, there is this disease i guess in the books it's an airborne disease they call it the flare when it happened basically the sun coronavirus yeah um and it turns people into what they call cranks which are basically zombies um however in the movies you just have to like it it turns into a zombie movie where you have to be like bitten or scratched by Mm -hmm. one um the the point of the series after um in the books is they're trying to find a cure so they have these people that are immune to the the flare, basically, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find a cure. Um, in the movies, we just assume they're immune. The characters. Yeah. The main characters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in the books, they are not. Because they ran the maze or? Um, because they put them there and they test them and um, they knew that they were. Um, so it all ties into the maze running. Yeah. So in the book, they're trying to find a cure. In the movies, they don't really need one. Oh, wow. I tried to read this book, but I accidentally checked out The Kite Runner. <laughs> also a great book. And that was a great, book. A great book. So I highly recommend The Kite Runner. That's beautiful. Oh, I read that as a kid. Yeah. Oh. It was really strange. Yeah. It was uh, I was life-altering. Like, I was like, what does this mean? And then I watched the movie and I'm like, oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, a Thousand Splendid Sons by that same author is also a great book. Ooh. By the same author of the Maze Runner, or no, the same author as uh, oh. the Kite Runner. Kite Runner. There's always I'm that thing where, sure. like, there's always that thing where, like, an author has like that one book that everybody knows, and then they don't know any other titles. Like, they go on to have an entire life and career of works, and it's just like, what else did Hemingway write? <laughs> 
What did the guy who wrote The Alchemist write? Other than yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, bring it back to like a a sound of Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bigger like overarching uh point, I guess you would say, and, and what we talked about earlier, like how or why these stories resonate. Um. I think at the end of the day, like we're interested, I think, in stories about people who overcome uh like extraneous circumstances. Adversity. Yeah. Um, which is the point in any in any story. Mm-hmm. Um I think why it worked at a certain point and, and then it kind of fell off. Um is because although these stories are interesting, I don't really think they evolved at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about all these stories, they kind of have the same tropes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Sometimes it feels like you're just kind of recycling. Yeah, it's still like not that these are like real people, but yeah. like it doesn't make their s- stories invalid or anything. But yeah. you can only read it so many times before. It's, it's almost like the story of this episode where we were like super invested into the <laughs> Hunger Games. And then and it's like, yeah. yeah, kind yeah. of divergent. And what happened in Maze Runner yeah. now? And it was like, I think there's a saturation point yeah. for audiences. And I think I think that's happening in other genres now. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll mm-hmm. we'll see what comes and goes outside of the the popular cultural zeitgeist. But um, I think I think we're in that transition period, especially as I think Gabe mentioned, like, oh, I haven't seen this stuff, and I won't because. You're like oversaturated, right? With and at this stories. point, it kind of feels not irrelevant because yeah. I I don't think because it wasn't just it. these three series of films. What were some of the other like popular? Just to go through them, yeah, you know, yeah. Rapid so fire. these were like the biggest like book to movie adaptations, and I think that's that's naturally why more people know them. But there are a lot of other uh, series that I were really big as series, but not uh, weren't ever adapted. Um, there's a series called Shatter Me. There's a series called Match. Um, there's a series called Legend by Marie Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of others. The 100? Um, the 100 is a YA dystopia. Oh, I saw that TV show. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah? I got like four seasons in and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I really like that TV show. Did you finish it? I did not finish it. I only read articles about the show. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just it like... It is. It's like one book, like a short book, and they made this this TV show off of it. And it um, was just like, this is super progressive. This is controversial. This is regressive. This is... I mean, like, the first yeah. season hooked me. Yeah. And then season two, I was like, probably not as good, but okay. Three, and then it just fell off from there. Mm-hmm. For me. I don't know if... That was on, C- it. on CW, right? Yeah. It was on the yeah, CW. Okay. Listen, I was already watching like five shows on CW, and this one did not have any superheroes from the DC Universe in it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not about that. I'm sorry, guys. Do the same, because I actually think this is one of the CW's better shows. I It's just everyone I knew who watched it angrily watched it. Like, <laughs> like All they would do was complain about the show, and I was like, why Why do you watch it then? It's like, oh, I feel it's... like that's any CW TV show, though, yeah, isn't it? That is, yeah, that's isn't very it? true. It's kind, yeah. of the, yeah. kind of the standard. That's true. That's how I felt about all those DC shows I was watching. Them. Um, Fair. Other honorable mentions, Ender's Game. 
I know you want to argue that it's maybe not YA. Spoilers. How do you know that? Are you reading my mind, <laughs> my mind right now? Are there no young people? No, they are young people oh, for okay. sure. But this is like a science fiction classic. And I was really late it's, to the game because yeah. everyone was telling me, mm-hmm. like, you should read this. You should read this as a kid. And I was like, I don't know. It looks weird. Which for no reason, because like I'm obviously super into sci-fi, but <laughs> there's always that like ceiling where you're like, that's too nerdy. That's I don't, I don't know. Anger's Game was a really old book by Orson mm-hmm. Scott Card. Another part of it is that as a teen, I read Orson Scott Card's Iron Man, and that book was atrocious and like <laughs> blasphemy to everything Tony Stark is. He's like a little blue kid. Like he, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> look up Orson Scott Card's Iron Man. Just look at pictures of Orson Orson Scott Card's Iron Man. And get back to me. But I just rejected this offhand. So I saw, I read this as an adult, and this book is complex. It's multi layered, mm-hmm. it's multifaceted. And the series goes off in a super weird direction from that point on. And it's, it's, it's basically like Dune for mm-hmm. younger audiences. But it tends, I think it's like way more complex than most YA fiction. And I also think that it's, it's a science fiction classic. I think it's like a foundational novel. That's why I'm like apt to not categorize, to not it, as categorize YA it as because YA. of just the stigma. You know, I think that as much as I respect, you know, as an educator and as someone who's who studied this, literally took a college courses just about, you know, young adult fiction, there's still that stigma that it's like it's here and then here is serious literature on the other side. Of the aisle, which isn't fair, which isn't fair, but there's definitely a dividing line somewhere. It's like, I love Star Wars and Marvel superheroes, but it's going to be a hard sell to tell me it should be like the Oscar picture of the year, you know? And mm-hmm. that's just the way I guess I'm wired. I know that that opinion changes depending on the audience, but at least that's how I see it. Was the movie good? Ender's Game? Yeah. I wish they would have I, it's I not epic be, it's no not it's not epic. epic and I think if they would have made it now and they would have done it as a TV series yeah, I think it would be so good Um, there's a popular actor in that movie Harrison Ford. There you go. Yeah. I was gonna say. I was, gonna, like, I was gonna say. There's so. There's much several head. actually because it's one of those other ones where like all the adults in the film are like super good actors. Um. I was gonna say there's someone Harrison no? Ford level. In that <laughs> no, no, film, yeah, is um, in the movie. Haley Steinfeld is in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Kate Bishop is in Yeah. I feel the same way about The Giver. I feel like The Giver is such a quintessential YA novel, mm-hmm. and the film has such a great cast, but the film is not epic. It, it has Harrison not. Ford as well, right? It is not. Ah. It has been Kingsley. Your favorite part of Shang-Chi. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird take, but okay. Anyways, um, I think it's that. It doesn't live up to the expectations of the novel that precedes it. Are you talking about The Giver or are you talking... I'll say both. I'll say in both instances. Okay. Both movies are good movies. They're fun movies and I would like them, except that they're The Giver and Ender's Game. And... Th- I don't know. It's like gourmet versus fast food. Isn't that's he, what it is. Isn't Harrison Ford also in The Giver? No, that's a... You can't keep putting Harrison Ford in <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, no, in Link's defense, you can keep putting <laughs> no. Harrison Ford in <laughs> No, no, movie. because I do know that Harrison Ford is executive producer of The Giver. Really? Yeah, he bought the rights to the to make a show. Are you the sure movie? it's not Jeff Bridges? There we go. <laughs> oh, God. 
There we go. Yes, he is the giver. Actually. Okay, that's what I meant. I was about to be like, yeah, Harrison Ford called a wild. He just does these passion projects. Yeah. Movies. Well, recently, several weeks or months ago, you guys illuminated to me that Will Smith executive produces The Karate Kid. So at this point, this almost anything is possible. Yes, it was Jeff Bridges. I see Matt Damon's name all over stuff that is like, what? That he has no business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio produced a who? I mean, if it's a climate change movie, it's produced by Leo. <laughs> okay. Very true. Um... An Inconvenient Truth 3? There's a third? There's a second one? What, you don't know? Yeah, it was also nominated for like Best Documentary Film. I actually didn't know there was a second one. Ah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, it might not be about climate change. It might be about another social issue tied into climate change. But I could be wrong because I also did not see the second one. Mm. <laughs> um, I think that leaves us with a question where, where do we see YA dystopia going? Okay, really quick before that, yeah. this title just creeps up in my mind because I've only heard the title yep. for someone else who shall remain nameless. The Red Queen. What's what's this series yeah. about? I actually recently read that. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, I did DNF it, though, <laughs> twice. Um, Explain to our audiences and because Link. clearly I know what that and means. Link, yeah. yeah. Oh, did not finish. Oh, oh, I did not okay. finish that oh, okay. series. I tried twice. I tried reading the whole series. So not a fan? I did like it. I didn't love it. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm more frustrated. I tried finishing it like three weeks ago, and it's, I'm still really frustrated that I can, and I don't know if it's... I'm just not in the right headspace. In like what sentence? One sentence, what is it about? Um, It is about... Uh, it's typical. There is a young girl okay. <laughs> in a society where... Uh, Classes are divided by silvers and reds. Um, that has to do with their blood. Basically, silvers have powers, and they are naturally um, live a different life than reds. So basically, no what Link thought Divergent was oh. essentially. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, you should read this book. Yeah, sounds good. There is a young red girl. That sounds not correct. But <laughs> no, it's Starfire. okay. No, it's okay. Um, I read Orson Scott Card's Iron Man. So it's about a young blue boy. Um, essentially she starts to work in the palace for these silvers and gets put in a situation where she finds out that she actually has powers, even though she has red blood. Mm -hmm. Um, and they divergent. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of killing her, they tell, they basically set it up so that she has to marry the young prince so they can hide who she actually is. And revolution ensues. I really like how you strung all those thoughts together into one sentence. You. I love a good run-on sentence. Yep. <laughs> a lot of hyphenated. Um, <laughs> colons, no, colons, comma. Colons. Yeah. That, sorry, I, I don't want to like bash on that series because it is really good, and there are a lot of plot twists that Sounds are that are original and creative that are that really get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if my the second time reading it, my issue was that I felt like I had read all of it before because I got like three books in and then DNF'd it again. How many are there? Sixty-two. No, I th- I think there are. It's, I think it's one of those series where, like, they have the original and then there are, like, more that you don't really need to read. Oh, okay. I think like Wonder. If I'm wrong, um, DMs. don't be mad at me. Okay, so the future, you said. Yeah, the future of, of dystopia, yes, in general, but, you know, if we're speaking of YA dystopia, Is I don't Is there anything know. on the horizon, like anything? Well, there are people, like I said, it's still a genre that is being written, um i just we talked about like the boom and and whether under this current political climate that would that would kind of come about again it seems like it hasn't so i don't really know 
I would be interested to see after, you know, basically three years of a pandemic. Mm. Um, Perhaps the culture is ripe for a reemergence, yeah. if not there yet. Yeah, they very well might be. So I'd be interested. A resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you had to recommend something to three Neanderthals who are not in tune mm. and for our listeners who may want to look back at this period and, and explore some of these titles, what do you think would be some recommendations in this genre? I would say go reread The Hunger Games, to be honest. If anyone hasn't read The Hunger Games, definitely go. And if you have, reread them. Yeah. Oh, there's a fourth book now. There is. She just released it, I think, like a year ago. It was during the pandemic, yeah, I believe. Yeah, a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a long title that I don't remember. Is the Ballad of same, Something. Same the Ballad characters? of Songbirds and Snakes? It's a Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds right. Um, I think it's a, it's a prequel following Presence. No. Okay. I think this book was... I'm not going to say controversial, but I think some people were like, hey, it was fine. It was... Yeah. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. You I read, read it. it. That's yeah. Right. You did say you read it. Yeah. I, it was. Then why am I talking about it? <laughs> you talked did, about it. <laughs> did they show that part where he just overthrows the government by himself? No, he's very, very young. Oh, all right. I'm going to do the one minute, the one, the one sentence it. pitch. Maybe you'll do a better job than I did. You did a great one. What are you talking about? Y.A. Snow. Young yeah. adult. Falls for a girl in his youth. Barely. Very similar to Katniss. What? That's it. That's all I'll say. And their relationship on other sides of the coin. And it starts not like how you would think. Is the girl fascism? (laughs) Is the girl fascism as well? You got to read to find out. (sighs) And what it is, is it's almost, it is definitely the, the very early origin of Snow but it's more the origin of the Hunger Games because it doesn't get super far into, like it's about it. If I remember correctly, about a year into his life. So he's still very young, but they developed the Hunger Games in the book, but it's good. And it's your recommendation. Oh, I definitely recommend it. How'd I end up with a recommendation on this episode? Boom. Okay. Yeah. I read, you the, read gi- a book I haven't. I read okay. the giver in middle school. I recommend that. Yes, absolutely. Solid. I actually, uh, for a new series, I, I recently read a series called Chatter Me, which was mm-hmm. really popular back then. I just never read it. And a good friend of mine was like, you need to just read it so we can talk about it. Um, and I actually really liked it. It's written, uh, like the stylistic choices that the author made and how it's actually written. And, and there are like, kind of like journal notes. So the perspective is kind of weird, but very interesting. Would recommend. Now we're all looking at Gabe. <laughs> oh, um, go reread the Hunger Games. <laughs> Unoriginal. That's fair. <laughs> we took everything on the can list. We recommend manga because apparently that's why. Why <laughs> 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 is, is it is it a YA dystopian? Manga? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go read uh, Attack on Titan. <laughs> hey. Hey. Yeah. Today you've learned it's Attack very similar to Hunger Games. I thought you were going to say Divergent. No, no. Having no knowledge of Divergent, I want to say it's very similar to Attack on Titan. <laughs> because it does that thing where, okay, so, you know, Hunger Games is about the Hunger Games, right? But then the last book, whoa, it's no longer about the Hunger Games. Now there's a war. That's how Attack on Titan is. It's like, oh, it's about this. But then in season four, you're like, okay, this you is wanna... not what I sign up for. Okay, I thought he was right. going to go on to continuously spoil season four of Attack on Titan. <laughs> not for the hosts no and spoilers, the listeners. please. All right, so 
thank you for taking the time to join us this week to give us some insight on a topic that we knew very little about, perhaps more than we thought we did, but less than we should. Sometimes when we look back at these stories and in this period, we see how the stories that are told in a certain span of time reflect the conflicts and issues that go on in that time. We can learn from those times past because our literature is a reflection of our history. And as we know, history operates in a circle. What is old is new again. And the stories of our past tell us what our future might look. And that's why in the stories that we tell, oftentimes we have our eyes set in a distant time. A time where the consequences of our actions today lead to events and situations that for us living may be unimaginable. But if we don't take the steps to reflect on those stories now, we fall into the folly of creating those prophecies or those fulfillments that we write for ourselves. So looking at the past to read stories of our future helps us know how to shape the present today. And that power lies in the hands of each and every one of us. So I invite you to look at this reflection of our society and look inwards so that you can shape outwards the time and the place that you live in today. And in the meantime, as you continue along your journey, we'll follow along beside you and keep on searching.